The train keeps rolling, man. Six in a row for the Knicks with another win in Chicago. Last night, episode 451 here of the podcast. Welcome. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Thanks for stopping by. And we're going to dive into this Bulls game. I'm a little late here, recording this one later than usual. This Bulls game took place on Friday night. As I'm recording, it's Saturday night, but technically Sunday morning. It's past midnight on December 18th now. So this should be out early, early Sunday morning. The latest. Um, There's also a game on Sunday at 5 p.m. So I'm sorry this episode might have a little bit of a shorter shelf life than usual. But life gets in the way. What are we going to do? Let's talk some Knicks. Welcome to BD4, an RJ Carbone podcast. BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. BD4 is a five-star show on Apple Podcasts, also available in video format on YouTube and Spotify. So thanks for stopping by, and we hope you enjoy the show. Champion of the world, turning, looking, see ya! Anthony for three, bang! That one goes down, and the game is tied! Time! Penetrate, creates, and showing some dexterity as well with the left hand. What's happening, everybody? Episode 451 of the podcast. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You are listening to or maybe watching another episode of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. And we are going to dive into this one. You know where to find me and all that stuff. No need to waste any time. Friday night, Knicks on MSG. That's right. A couple nights ago, the Knicks took up, uh, picked up another victory. Knicks came into this one looking to sweep the series against the Chicago Bulls and defy the odds. You know, they started doing these uh, little two-game series on the road to prevent travel. And I don't mind it. I like it. But, um, yeah, Knicks coming in looking for the sweep. Looking for their sixth in a row. And that they got. That they got. Hot Seat Tibbs is now 6-0. and I, I think that's that, that should be a thing. Every time he goes on the hot seat, Knicks seem to go on a run. Um, the Knicks pick up the 114-91 to win at United Center last night. The Chicago Bulls. Didn't even bother to show up for this one. I mean, it was the complete opposite effort um, of what we got from them on Wednesday night. I think it was Wednesday night. But it was a slow start in the first quarter for the Knicks. I mean, they began the game by knocking down some three balls, yes. But you could tell, like, the ball movement wasn't there. Um, Wasn't a ton of that. 
the defense wasn't tight enough and maybe a bit step uh, like a step slow at times. But Tibbs calls a timeout, and the Knicks eventually get hot. More towards like later in the second quarter, where they really start to do so. Um, and then once the third quarter finished, it was over from there. The game was over after three. Uh, and once again, you had contributions all around. Um, once more, R.J. Barrett led the way in points. Brunson and Grimes. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. That scared the crap out of me. I don't know if the mic just picked it up, but... <laughs> oh my gosh. They, um... I just heard a loud thump. Literally the second I, I, I say Brunson and Grimes. Boom. Loud ass thump. And I had to go check out what that was. So I paused the recording for a second. But it's all good. Um, We're back. Sorry. Uh, where, were we? where were we? Yeah, Brunson and Grimes were sniping all night long. They combined to go 11 of 18 from three-pointer. From three from three-point land together. Randall produced another double-double. Ah, Jesus, I can't speak now. Mitch was working on the glass once again. Once again, Jesus. I'm like stuttering, I'm slurring. I'm just caught off guard by what the hell. I don't know, I just heard something loud outside. And I went to check it out, I couldn't figure out what it was. Um... The bench wasn't fantastic, but they played great defense. Offensively, not much, but they played great defense. Um, they were great on the rebounds. Deuce McBride, IQ, Jericho Sims, and Hartenstein were playing quality under the rim. Um, but I look at a few moments in this one as like key spots and turning points. Um, number one, you had in the second quarter, the Knicks let the Bulls take a lead. And it's kind of at that brink of like where it was getting away from them. It was 48-41 Chicago after Zach Levine knocks down a three-pointer. And we've discussed this before earlier in the season, saying how the Knicks... We're almost never able to stop the bleeding once those tighter deficits or tight games in general start growing into multiple possession deficits. You know, once that tight game becomes a little looser, the Knicks, a lot of the time earlier in the season, weren't able to stop the bleeding ever. But this team right now is on fire and they have a leader right now and that leader is Jalen Brunson and so Brunson takes it upon himself with the Knicks down seven points you know in the second quarter and he starts lighting up the Chicago Bulls defense catch and shoot three-pointer a step back three-pointer a pull-up three-pointer and then you get RJ you have Randall Grimes the other starters all chipping in to end the half with the Knicks then up by 7 points 58-51 going into the final seconds of the half 
But I thought, you know, they go on that big 17-3 run to end the first half because of Jalen Brunson taking it upon himself as the team's best player. I thought that was him. I thought he put the Knicks back into the game. Um, So that was a key spot for me because without Brunson doing that, the Knicks... You know, early on, the Knicks in this same spot lose this game 1,000%. They let it get out of hand, and that 7-point that deficit grows into a 27-point deficit. And they flop, they fold, and they lose. But Brunson stepped up. And then I thought um, it was just a tremendous third quarter for them as a team to officially put it away. You know, the Knicks held Chicago to just 22 points in the period. R.J. Barrett played a key factor. He comes out the gate hot, scores 11 points in the third. But you really, 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 in that quarter, you see the Nick defense display their best performance in a, in a while. Um, it was art. And I want to talk about that first and foremost when we, ret- when we return because I think the Nick defense was the reason they won this game by however many points they want, 114.91. You do the math. But we'll talk about this Nick defense a little more uh, when we get back from break. I want to go check out what the hell I heard outside um, while we're in break. So stay with us. Be right back. Hey, guys. So if you are a listener, is located on many different platforms. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, and if you do there, welcome sure back. Give us a five-star rating and review. You can listen um, to it on Spotify, sorry. but you can also watch the podcast on both Spotify and YouTube. BD4 is available on many other platforms as well. All you got to do is search it up. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and much more. Sorry. <laughs> I hope I'm not... Talking over the uh, voiceover, I'm I'm a mess right now. But the, that that freaking no, I I it was literally that. It was like dumb, but lum, but lum. I I just thumps. I don't know what the hell that was, and I'm still trying to figure out what it is. It's scaring the crap out of me, man. And I live right by the woods. <laughs> I don't know if someone's hunting. I have no idea what's going on out there. Uh, but it's past midnight. It's like who the hell would be. It doesn't sound like guns. It's just like, it's like dumb, but like thumps consecutively. I heard it again. Like I, I heard it again and again. It was weird. And then it's so creepy. I don't know what's going on right now. Hey, we're back. Um, fucking weird. The Nick defense. Um, I, I thought they were brilliant. The team defense was brilliant last night. I mean, they racked up 13 steals. The Bulls turned it over an entire 20 times last night. The Knicks scored 24 points off those turnovers. They also won 21-11 to in fast break points. They were playing the passing lanes with very quick hands. 
Um, just thinking ahead and anticipating the next pass very well. I mean, you had Mitch going up and intercepting that inbound pass, I think, over Vucevic, I think it was. Deuce had himself a couple swipes. Brunson in that third quarter had an entire three steals. The communication was on point. Some of the best help defense I've seen certain guys play all year last night. And of course, under the rim, the Knicks remained a steady, dominant force. Um, They won the uh, points in the paint game by four. They won the second chance points, 14 points to zero. And another area where they outclassed the Bulls was on the offensive glass, where they picked up 15 to the Bulls, two. Mitch, Mitch Robinson is, of course, to thank, uh, but also Isaiah Hartenstein with some absolutely big-time offensive rebounding. He had six of his double-figure rebounds were on the offensive glass. Um, but they're just playing Thibodeau-style defense lately. They're wearing their opponents down with gritty, no-quit defense, and it's it's much like the type of defense we saw in the COVID year and at times in the second half last year. You know, it's it's the fourth time in a row. I'm sorry, it's the fourth time during this six-game win streak now where the Knicks have held a team under, uh, under 100 points. And remember, 100 points today is not 100 points from five years ago. There are more possessions in today's game. There are a lot more three-pointers going up. So 100 points is even more impressive today. Um, But, yeah, I mean, if we're talking about the defense and just the overall state of the Knicks and why they're playing better lately, I think, I mean, come on, I, I think we must credit Thibodeau. You know, even if there's one thing we we have to credit Tibbs for, even his biggest critics, right, is how his new nine-man rotation, whether we initially hated it or loved it, it seems like it's developed some solidified roles on this team. And also remember, like a few weeks back, earlier in the year, we were saying in an episode how at the time when the Knicks were losing a lot, it felt like guys didn't have established roles. There was no niche for anybody, right? There, there were just so many questions on, on guys' certain roles. Like, what's the deal with Grimes? He was playing some days. Other days, they would sit him uh, or they would play him. But in, like, garbage time minutes, there was a whole situational thing with him. Like, he didn't have a role. Is Cam starting? Is he not? Is RJ ever going to step up? Right? Is Randall going to start playing defense and let Brunson run the show more? Is it just going to be Brunson or bust? But now, now it seems like guys are finding their places. Barrett, Randall, and Brunson are providing the scoring every night. Right? That's their job. Not a single one of them, by the way, knock on wood, have missed a single game yet. I, I heard that uh, on ESPN by Stephen A. Smith. You got your defensive anchors and quickly McBride, Grimes, and and of course Mitch down low. IQ providing some scoring and playmaking. You know, I know he was off last night. He was uh, pitiful, one of 12. 
but he has been better of late offensively, and, he, and he's providing some good playmaking. Grimes is, is their go-to sniper, right? He's found his shot. So I just think you need to credit Tom Thibodeau for that. You know, I, I think he does deserve credit. Um, and, you know, there was some great offense, too. The defense has certainly found it, but the offense for the, for the Knicks has been pretty good. It's It's been at least average most of the year. You know, and I loved how last night Julius was off, but we didn't have to go through him and watch him force it like he's done in the past. Uh, I liked how Brunson just seems to automatically knock down at least half of his shots every night, and that continues after that little bit of a slump he had where he was banged up a little bit. And he probably still is banged up because the dude's playing on a bum ankle. Um, But he's just a consistency king. Uh, I went and looked. There have been 12 games so far this year where Brunson has both scored 20-plus points and shot at least 50%. (laughs) Pretty cool for a point guard of his size. Um, RJ is picking it up. Grimes is starting to flash that young Allen Houston in him, right? I've heard a lot of comparisons there. I've heard Allen Houston, uh, obviously Danny Green. I've called him like a J.J. Redick with defense before. Clay Thompson, I've heard. That's a good one. Um, I recently heard Desmond Bain, which I think is an excellent ceiling for him. But let, let's talk about Grimes because I actually gave Grimes, I'm going to give him the uh, the bing-bong ball amongst the starters last night. Bing-bong. Um, yeah, he was great. 22 points. He shot 6 of 10 from the floor. Five for nine from three, and five of six at the free throw stripe. Uh, he was on his game from the start, man. He knocks down three triples late in the first quarter, and he never really cooled off. Um, I, I love his shot. His release is smooth. It's textbook, and it's just very quick. Quick flick of the wrist. I love it. I have to find his shot in 2K from my my player. By the way, it's nice. Um. I play on the Knicks in my in my career, and I feed Grimes all the time. I still haven't reached the point where I'm allowed to be LeBron and like pick the rotation and select which guys get the most minutes. But when I do, I'm putting Grimes in the starting lineup and I'm giving him 35 minutes so I can just dish it to him all night. I made like a small forward, like a like a playmaking wing. I tried to model myself. I tried doing the same type of player on NBA 2K every year. Make like a playmaking wing like a like a point forward who slashes so i like racking up the numbers in my career uh but <laughs> we got off topic but i mean yeah grimes has been scoring in a variety of ways too right the step back jumpers were there last night he was coming off a couple of robinson screens he had a nice finish and transition from a brunson feed uh some nice catch and shoot triples in there getting to the free throw line again. And again, he's just a a defensive menace on the other side of the floor. He locked DeRozan down. Just 14 points. He had four turnovers, DeRozan. And he was a terrible minus 23, plus minus. Um, And, you know, speaking of the player comparison thing, when it comes to Grimes, Allen Houston, some Knicks fans have been saying this kid's got a higher ceiling than R.J. Barrett. Um, I mean, there's a reason they hung on to him in the uh, 
the Mitchell sweepstakes is because they, they whether or not I agree with it, they see him as that type of player to hold up a Mitchell deal. A lot of Knicks fans think he's legit, think he's like a 15 to 20 points per game guy. Um, now, I'm one to temper my expectations. I'm not going to say he's that yet. But lately, he has certainly shown that upside in the last number of nights. Just watching him play, you could see why some fans might think that right now. Um, he's scoring in double figures very often. He's shooting the three-pointer well again and at a high volume. He's rebounding, he's defending, and he's providing offense without needing the ball for very long. He doesn't need the ball for half the shot clock and he doesn't go ISO. Come off a curl, an L cut, you know, uh, just simple screen and catch and shoot. Spot up, he doesn't need the ball. He'll come off a cut and finish that way. Or He's just very effective without the ball. And that's why he's perfect for this system. Um, so I think Jalen uh, uh, Quentin Grimes most definitely earned it um, last night. That was his first bing-bong ball of the season, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, he had been hurt a while. Um, I also thought, and I was going to give it to him, but... Grimes was just a little better. But um, Jalen Brunson was certainly one of the top performers in this game. Um, he could have easily gotten the ball. Um, 22 points last night for Brunson. Six assists. Three steals. Three. Um, his three-pointer was on point. Six of nine. Shot seven of 14 overall. But the elbow threes. The elbow threes were falling all night. Uh, he was just taking care of them, taking care of Caruso once again with the jumpers, the blow buys. No crossover this time, but you know he he did his job, man. He and again his key run in that second quarter put this game in the Knicks' control, and they gave them you know, that run by him gave them the ability to pull away in the second half, which they did. Um, his playmaking was sharp too. His defense. I thought his defense was even good. He was in the passing lanes. We talked about that. But he drew another charge last night. And that's his thing, man. He does that often, too. He's good at drawing those charges. You know, we could talk about Brunson's shortcomings on defense all we want. Right? He's tiny. A lot of times we need to hide him. He's an automatic mismatch. All that stuff. I get it. But he's always playing his absolute hardest and doing what he can every night on that end of the floor. Right? Like, his defensive issues aren't because he's not trying. They're just, they're simply because of things he can't help. Like, he can't help the fact that he's tiny. So, given his abilities, he's playing defense to the best of his ability. Given his uh, flaws, he's playing defense to the best of his ability. So, it's not like it's effort, you know, with, with some other guys from time to time. Um, R.J. Barrett, last night, led the team in points, 27. Four rebounds, two assists, shot three for five from three. It was a rough start for R.J. You know, he missed a, a six-footer at the rim early. Lost the ball out of bounds. Quickly comes in for him right then. 
Uh, and he ends up with an underwhelming first half, shooting only three of nine. But then he finds it in that third quarter. He has a big third quarter. He's finishing at the hoop in the second half. He is knocking down his three-point looks. The defense was fine. Forced Zach Levine into some tough shots. The effort was nice. His only shortcomings, RJ, last night were, you know, some of those misses near the rim in the first half. And he also left a lot of points on the board uh, from his foul shooting. He was only 6 of 11 last night at the free throw line. So he could have gotten his second 30-piece of the season had he converted a few more there. But still, I like what we see lately from RJ. I like that he's playing more efficiently. Um, He's been 43% or better now in four consecutive games. Um, 20 points or more in each of them. 25 points or more in three of them. He's rebounding as usual. He's been passing much better lately, whether the assist numbers show it or not. Um, And again, the defense has improved. Um, I thought Randall last night, 19 points, 12 boards, 4 assists, 3 steals, a block, and a plus 28 to lead the team. And I thought that wasn't deceiving. I mean, yeah, the shot wasn't falling that consistently. He was only 6 of 16 and 2 of 8 from 3. But... He made positive impact. He literally did everything else very well. The jumper was off, and he saw a lot of doubles, but he didn't force it. He only had 16 attempts. He had four assists. He had the 12 rebounds. I I loved his help defense. His switching was good. He was making sharp rotations. I feel like last year's version of Randall, and and you know at times this year with Randall. He lets those offensive struggles bleed into his defense and other parts of his game. The effort isn't great if his offense isn't there. But that wasn't the case last night, and that's not been the case for a lot of this season. Um, Mitchell Robinson. Six points, nine more rebounds, two steals and a block. Okay. I thought we lost. Okay, I thought we lost the. Uh, thought we lost the recording for a second, but we're good. Um, no, just causing more chaos defensively. That's what he does. Forcing bad decisions because of his quick rotations over to the ball on the drive. You know, it's forcing inaccurate kickouts, and that led to some steals um, and those fast break opportunities simply because he alters people's decisions once they get to the rim. Right? They see an open lane, but Mitch stunts, and he's there, and he forces a bad decision. And before you know it, the Knicks are on the other end, converting a transition bucket. Um, I, and I love, I, I just love what I'm seeing for him from him lately, and I, I, it's been lasting for a long time. You know, he's had a lot of big rebounding games lately, man. Ever since that big 20-rebound game, he's been going off. Um, and, you know, that that obviously it comes with really, really, really good defense, which you can't really see on a box score, right? So I'll take the, the low-scoring games for Mitch if he can keep giving you 12 rebounds a night, right? And that's what he's been doing lately. If he's, think I, if he's scoring... Six points and still giving you six, seven rebounds a night. I can see why Knicks fans get frustrated with him. Because 
there's only so much that great defense can do. But if he's playing great defense and he's grabbing you a dozen rebounds a night like he's been doing lately, I can live with the offense not being great. You know? Because he's performing exceptionally in two different dimensions of the game. Um, and lastly, uh, when we're talking about player performances, I'm giving Deuce McBride a bing-bong ball coming off the bench last night. Bing-bong! This man, this kid, listen. Uh, the defense, first of all, we'll start there. It was just very good once again. Um, I don't want to keep talking about his defense because we do a lot. But he just, he does so much. Like, he's constantly in motion. He's up in the ball handler's personal space consistently. You know, very Prigioni-like in that way. If you watch the Knicks in 2012-13 with Pablo Prigioni, he was much, he's just moving his hands, just being a pest. That's what he is. He's hedging over to one guy and then recovering, rotating very quickly to the next man. Like, on the swing pass, he's, he's following. He's very quick, very pesky. Um, but lately, the offense, I'm starting to see flashes. He's flashing some off-the-dribble attacks to the hoop. He's shooting it a little bit better. Now, it's not going to show up on the stats sheets yet because he's simply not being aggressive enough. But he is technically being more efficient offensively. And is he coming along on that end? I don't know. You tell me. Um, his first 13 games, he shot 31% from the field, 12% from three, and 33% at the free throw line. In his last four games, he's 50%, 9 of 18 from the field. He's 42% from three, 5 of 12. And he's 3 of 3 at the free throw line. Is it a nitpick? Probably, because I want him so bad to have some kind of offensive package and, and not for him to be Frank 2.0. Um, but I, I, I do think lately the offense has been better and it's just coming down to him not being very assertive. Um, but I really like what I'm seeing from from him defensively and uh, we'll, we'll see about the offense. I'm not so sure, but we'll see. But um, yeah, I'm going to... I'm going to cut this off right here because I'm tired. Um, it is late. I want to go to bed and I have to get up somewhat early. Um, but the Knicks keep winning. They've now won six in a row. I believe they have the Indiana Pacers up next. Uh, 5 p.m. on a Sunday. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, that's always a good game to watch. The Knicks Pacers will always be rivals. I'll always root against them, even when the Knicks are not playing them. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's good right now for the Knicks. I'm having fun. I'm having fun watching this team right now. Um, who knows? We'll, we'll see how long it lasts. But right now, they are 16 and 13. Things look a lot better than where they were than what they looked like just a few weeks ago. But I'm just taking this thing day by day. I don't want to jump ahead. So that'll be that. We'll wrap it up with our question of the day when we get back from break. Stay with us. Be right there. We also have a website now for BD4. If you go to BD4blog.com, you can find the blog, the podcast links, and also where to find me on social media. Just go to BD4blog.com. 
Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. All right, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening to episode 451 of the podcast. We're going to wrap this one up with our trivia question of the day. Let's get to it right now. All right, so for episode 451, our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day is who did the Knicks select at number eight in the first round of the 2009 NBA draft and how many seasons did he end up playing for them? Okay. Who did the Knicks select at number eight in the first round of the 2009 NBA draft? And how many seasons did he end up playing for them? All right, let me know where you can, uh, let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. One last time, who did the Knicks, ugh, who did the Knicks select a number eight in the first round of the 2009 NBA draft? And how many seasons did he end up playing for them? All right, fellas, I am out. I appreciate you stopping by as always. Episode 451 is in the books. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. The Knicks pick at six with another W in Chicago. Six in a row for the New York Knickerbockers. Um, I don't know if tomorrow's home or away. I think it's one more game on the road before they come back home to the Garden. Which I really need to get to a game this year. I haven't been to a game where they've been good. That's got to feel so fun. Right? Like, I want, the last game I went to was like in the Porzingis era when they were terrible. I, I went to a Rockets game with my cousin. They got blown out. That was when they had Harden and they were good and the Knicks were terrible. Um, the last Knicks game that I went to when the Knicks were good was in that 2012-2013 season that we briefly mentioned. And it was a... Uh, the uh, the first round. It was it was that series against the Boston Celtics. I went to one of those games. I don't know if it was game three or four, but they played the Celtics and they won. That was such an amazing experience. Um, you know, I, I've been to Yankee playoff games countlessly, and it's a very similar feeling. Um, now, again, this was 2013, so I can't, I, I can't recall how loud it was or how, I can't compare, but MSG gets lit. Like, the, the Yankees stadium is insane, but it's a close second, if not tied, when you've got the Knicks in the playoffs. 
Um, see, we, see we're, we're starting to talk playoffs again because we're on a fucking six-game win streak, and I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's wrap this up. Guys, thank you, and I will see you in the next episode. I am out. Later. This episode was brought to you by Anchor. 